2: Sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet, to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open, if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker take him out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here all the way around. If you look at this wheel, we're trying to get it to seal here, and
3: a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.
4: What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us 865-658-5824. I'm sure you can hear it in the voice. So, Tim, Jacob, take it away. You guys have got the show. The rest. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're over battling the flu. We, we got confirmation. That's what we're dealing with over here. So I apologize for the voice. Um, it's going to sound a little rough, and I'll try not to hack into the mic too much. But, Tim, it's good to have you back, buddy. I know Jacob's been back in the fold with us, too. Um, how you doing, Tim? How was Milwaukee, bud?
0: Man, it was great. Got a chance to uh, see family and friends, get a little work in, you know. Uh, good to be back, though. Missed you guys. Glad, glad to be here.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Jacob, how was your day, Bu? Good, man. Got a lot done. I washed the car. It was such a nice day out. Took that <laughs> out.
2: You know, had one of those nice days. And, uh, yeah, ready to talk a little football. So, did you
0: wash your hands and your butt though? Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's that's all. <laughs> <up. laughs>
4: way, way more important than the car. I promise you. you gotta wash the hands. Gotta wash the car. <laughs> Jay in the chat says Darnell Savage posted some Packers highlights on a social media eyeball emoji. Maybe seems like he's coming back. It kind of feels like that. You know, I, I didn't see that specific post, but the vibe I'm getting is I kind of feel like Savage is probably going to be back in the fold. And um, you know, Wildey made that comment the other day on his show. I think I mentioned it on Good Morning Lambeau. I believe he said that during the exit interviews, as everybody was cleaning out their locker for the season, Savage made a comment to him that he didn't like how he was being used. And, you know, I had mentioned the the only thing that could be different in Jeff Halfley's defense as opposed to Joe Barry's because they played a a ton of single high and, you know, they they played their share of cover one man, but it was mostly cover three single high was they had Savage in the box, you know, as kind of that that spinner, right? That that robber, if you will, uh in man, cover one man. So it kind of makes me think, guys, that he, you know, maybe he's wanting to play that single high look, right? He's wanting to play that single high in a in a cover three or a cover one. But how do we feel about Savage coming back? I know we've talked about it a little bit. Um it sounds like he's holding out hope that he's going to continue to be a Packer. But Tim, you are you on board with Savage, let's say somewhere between to the tune of four to five million?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times. I'd I'd like to see him back, um, you know, at a reduced reduced rate, if you will. Uh, I think he could fit into this scheme pretty well. Um, And I'd hate to see him go to Chicago. You know, that's that's kind of the vibe I got was that, uh, you know, the Bears probably need a safety. They they may be willing to pay a little more. Um, But I think Sab wants to be here. I really do. And uh, I hope he stays.
4: Yeah. Definitely.
0: And he, he definitely
4: finished strong. And we, we talk about it all the time. It's not something that I want to agree with, but it's definitely a real thing in the NFL and sports in general. You're only as good as your last game. And, you know, really Savage finished finished the season pretty strong too. Jacob. How do you feel about Savage coming back, man? You on board with that,
2: man? I don't know for the money. the money <laughs> it
4: Every right. year, don't it, man? <laughs> the money is right.
2: I think I'd like having him back just to have some sort of veteran presence at the position. But. I just I I don't want to end up with like again with Owens and Savage and you know a couple of washed up guys because we saw what that that did for us last year. We just kind of played the musical chairs game all all season. So I'd like to get at least maybe a free agent signing, maybe a draft pick. Didn't I see that wasn't there a, a release that was kind of surprising in the free agent uh market in the free safety position? I can't remember who it was. I thought Ryan uh Dropped the name.
4: Seemed like there was a Miami Dolphin, wasn't there?
2: Oh, there was that or something about the fact. Maybe it was – maybe I'm crazy. I know that there was something talk about the guy in Buffalo maybe not getting re-signed, but oh. I thought there was somebody that actually got cut already because there was a bunch of teams that had already cut at least one or two people. We yeah, can look at that later, maybe. Um, yeah.
4: There's yeah. definitely teams that are looking to do that right now. Right? They're, they're looking to kind of trim that
2: roster down a touch. Um, I'm just going to – Sorry, isn't Savage too – is he like 5'9 or something? He's pretty small, right? I was thinking he was 5'10. I'm I'm not sure, though. Okay. Okay. Because I just wonder (laughs) if maybe they want to go switch and have more of like a bigger, larger body back there kind of thing. But I don't know.
4: Yeah, going off of – going off of Ian Rappaport's tweet here, he said the Bengals are franchise tagging T. Higgins. Um, The Dolphins released two big-name stars in Xavier Howard and Ogba. Um, Yeah, so – that's the only thing I'm seeing as far as Ian Rappaport. I was kind of trying to see if there was another safety that he mentions here, and uh, I'm sure he does. He he did, but it's it's going to be buried in here somewhere. Xavier Howard obviously is a uh, is a cornerback. So
0: um uh, yeah. Packers have Savage listed at five eleven one ninety eight. There you according, go. According to the site,
4: I was thinking he was right there, right there around six foot tall. So
2: yeah. um
4: yeah, but. I, I say the reason you probably feel like that jacobs because he he doesn't really play big you know um it's, it's very rare.
2: So small yeah
4: it's very rare that you think man he's imposing right you just you don't you don't see it that much jay says personally speaking i wouldn't mind having 26 back there again um carly ray says i want savage back if halfley wants savage back that's the big thing right carly is is how is he going to fit into this uh into this secondary and if anybody can get the best out of savage it sounds like it's halfley right being kind of that that defensive back whisperer that we've talked about Um, SDM 40 says the numbers game are in Savage's favor, (laughs) even with a draft pick and a free agent, uh, Savage could have a place. I think that someone will pick him up. You know, the fact that he was a first round pick, typically what I happen, if he hits the market openly, there's going to be some suitors after, after Darnell Savage, right? Um, people are going to immediately go to their draft boards. That's typically what these front offices do is they go back to their original draft board. All right, what kind of draft grade did we have on this guy? We really locked him. All right, cool. Um, and then they'll go to their most recent scouting reports of what they've done, you know, cross scouting over the league and see how well he's played for sure. So um, that's usually how that falls into place. I, I would say if I had to put money on it, I would say Savage is going to be back though. That would be my guess. Um, all right, let's do this real quick. I think we're caught up there in the chat. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jair Alexander, this was cool. PFF Green Bay Packers at PFF underscore Packers had tweeted this out. Jair Alexander, 85.3 coverage grade since 2022. Fourth among all cornerbacks during that time. Now, we've talked about how last year he had kind of a down year. This year he had kind of a down year. Obviously, on injuries, had the personal issues that led to the suspension. That all seems to be behind them. That's good news. Um, I'm eager to see what Hathley can do with Jair Alexander. The fact that since 2022 he's still fourth amongst all cornerbacks uh, during that time, you know, of 85.3 coverage grade says a lot. I, <laughs> excuse me. I'm eager to see, man, what uh, what he's going to do under Halfley's tutelage, right? Are they going to have him play in more press? And I immediately go back to, you know, these were his words, not mine, talking about how he likes to play off, right? Immediately people think, yeah, he's going to be playing press now. And it's like, He's the one who said they're trying to force him to play up on on the line of scrimmage, up on the wide receiver. So I don't know how that feel. How you guys feel about that, fellas, But I, I don't I don't think it was necessarily Joe Barry telling him to play off. Well, we know it wasn't Joe Barry telling him to play off because obviously they brought in Greg Williams to try to get him to play up on the line, right, Tim?
0: Yeah. See, that's that's what I was kind of gonna gonna mention, you know. And obviously, Coach Williams is um, you know not in the picture anymore. Uh, clearly, that was an experiment they tried last year and uh jaw was at times playing you know closer to the ball and we broke down some film it didn't didn't look pretty when when he was um so you know it sounds like coach halfley has the approach of you know and he actually mentioned that in the presser a little bit you know taking what your guys do well and having them do that rather than you know trying to kind of you know force them into a situation where uh you're playing to um you know their weaknesses rather than their strengths i mean if jaw's more comfortable a few yards off that's where you want him to be, you know, right. and uh, we can see more of this. Huh? Took it down the sideline, turned over with my guys, gave the football to a little kid wearing 23.
4: Exactly correct. What do you think, Jacob? You think uh, you think they'll give him the freedom to say line up where you want to line up? And do you think that Jai would be more of a, you know, a press guy in this uh, this type of defense? you think it would be off, man?
2: Uh, I mean, I wasn't here for the time that you guys diagnosed and broke down the Halfley uh, interview, and I wish I was because I listened to it afterwards when Ryan did a podcast, when he broke it down and I really liked what the guy had to say. Um, Yeah, it was impressive. It was, it was really impressive the way he answered questions. He was, there's only a couple, you know, kind of coach speak style responses. But one of the things that he kind of reiterated is that he's not going to be necessarily a guy that walks in and goes, it's going to be like this and like this and like this. He said that if the, if a a player comes to him and uh, explains, Hey, this is the reason why I chose to make this decision. He's going to take a step back and be like, well, maybe that was a better choice. And I'm even going to maybe teach that in the future. So that all being said, I think myself, I owe Jair an apology. I've been harsher than most probably on him in the last two years. And actually just take a step back and look at that, that he can still be fourth among all cornerbacks in that time while he's battling injury, while he's battling the adversity and um, a coaching change now. So. Well, who knows what's going to happen going and forward. And if anything, it looks like, you know, with Re- he's coached Revis, he's coached Sherman, and now he's got a chance to coach Jair uh, arguably the best in the game currently. So yeah. I'm excited. that's a
0: great point, Jacob. Like, you know, what a great coordinator to have here. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, I got a little short list of guys on our defense that I'm excited to play with uh, Jeff Halfley at the helm. Um, Jair being probably number one. And then, uh, you know, guys like Quay Walker and, um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how he uses Preston Smith, for Sean Gary, you know, he talked about being fast and aggressive, you know, getting after the quarterback, pinning their ears back, you know, and he talked about being, being, having a balanced defense, you know, so all of these things are part of it. You know, you're going to have your press, your press corners and you're going to have your off ball corners. It's it's part of a, a healthy, balanced, nutritious defense, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I think that's what we want to see. You know, everyone wants to see more aggressiveness and, uh, I'm in that camp, too. But, you know, we I guess we all have our own opinions on what that means. You know, you don't have to play press man to be aggressive in the NFL. And I think uh, Jeff Halfley is going to teach a master class on that in 2024. I'm looking forward to it. I'll
4: tell you another uh, another technique that he had mentioned. I had watched a coaching clinic. It was right right at the time that we hired Jeff Halfley. I was kind of diving into any tape I could find, and he had a technique, too. Do you guys remember when Coach LaFleur said in the press, we want eyes on the quarterback, we want eyes on the quarterback, and immediately we all go, okay, that's man. Um, it just hit me the other day. I'm like, I remember watching a thing where they were talking about playing off, and I pointed this out with the Boston College tape, how they were playing off. Yeah, one corner was 10 yards off. One corner was eight yards off. I got roasted for pointing it out as if I was trying to paint this false narrative that he's going to play off just like Joe Barry. But the point was in that in that coaching clinic and broke down by Jeff Halfley was they teach a man coverage technique where they're five to seven off the ball and they're looking at the quarterback. They're playing. They're playing the wide receiver. They're 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 watching the cornerback. Their eyes are on the quarterback playing through the wide receiver, if that makes sense. So you might see a little bit of that action, too. I thought that was a really unique approach as far as technique for a cornerback too. there. So um, pretty interesting stuff there. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's talk about let's talk about the draft a little bit. You know, one of the things that we've mentioned over and over and over, and I've gotten many questions about RAS um, is, you know, it, it, do, the, do the Packers use RAS? The, I, I believe the answer is no, but they've got their own athletic profile that they've built for these players. Right. Coming into the draft um, when it comes to RAS, it's kind of the best thing that we have as a fan base to compare these players over the last. Gosh, I guess it's 50 years now. Right. No, 40 years. It started in the 80s. This goes all the way back to the 80s, I should say, the database. So you're comparing players at each position, their size, their weight, their athletic ability, and that determines their relative athletic score. And I went ahead and pulled this from Math Bomb and we pulled up the RAS from the past draft classes. Okay. So we'll start with 2023, last year. You can see, (coughs) excuse me, Lucas Van Ness, 9.3. Luke Musgrave 9.7. Jaden Reed 6.7. Tucker Kraft 9.6. Kobe Wooden, 9.2. Sean Clifford, 9, pretty much 9 flat, 9.04. Dontavian Wicks was a 9.1. Really makes you wonder why he dropped so far, man. Carl Brooks, 5.8. Andres Carlson was not uh not, not finished, basically it was incomplete. Uh Carrington Valentine from Kentucky, 9.3. Lou Nichols, the third, um, doesn't have an RAS score. It must have been incomplete. And then Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State at 8.1. You know, (coughs) looking into the past him, and when you look at other RASs, we we focused on RAS. If, if, you know, if Goody was using RAS, he focused on athletic build more this year than any other year in the past. And it kind of makes me wonder, is that because Aaron Rodgers was gone? That he kind of got back to what they do? You know what I mean? Rather than – taking input not that Aaron was in there building a the draft board or anything but it might have been something along the lines of asking Aaron because Aaron that's one of the things that 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 kind of chapped Aaron's rear end so hard about the uh about the Jordan Love pick was you could hear him on the McAfee show that he was talking to Goody and there was several wide receivers they locked in that spot and then all of a sudden they take Jordan Love right as Aaron got off the air so I just thought the only thing that's changed this year as far as RAS like if you go to 2022 you still got quite a bit of RASs there that are pretty high, right? But if you go to 2021, right, you can see there's only, what, three in the green, three above eight in RAS. And then 2020, you're kind of back to it. Well, you just got four. Half the draft class did you have a positive RAS, you know, of eight or more. So I thought that was kind of unique that we took so many with high RASs here. I mean, you basically took, what, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 picks, right? And of those 12, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of the 12 picks were eight or higher in RAS. Pretty, uh, pretty telling, isn't it, too?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it shows where, you know, clearly our priorities are here as a, as an organization. And, you know, people are on different sides of the aisle when it comes to, to this, like many issues today. Um. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, you know, we've we've heard Goody accused of leaning on Ras too much, but I don't think there's anything wrong with you know <laughs> wanting guys that are that have high athletic ability and then putting them in your system, developing them, and seeing what seeing what happens. Sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. Um, but recently here, it looks like uh, we we've been finding more success than failure when it comes to this approach. So I'm just excited for uh, this year's draft, man.
4: Definitely. Um, Jacob, what do you think, man? Anything stand out to you there as far as these RASs? I mean, it seemed like Goody just said, you know what, let's take every one of the athletic freaks. And, oh, by the way, the two that weren't the athletic freaks were absolute home runs, too, with uh, Jaden Reed and and Carl Brooks, which we'll
2: break them down a little deeper here in a second. Yeah, I mean, I think it just might be one of those, uh, I don't know if you call it a happy accident or just a random chance because I think what they're doing is working their way from how did they scout them, are they a good football player, and if they happen to maybe meet that criteria, then, okay, cool. That's an extra bonus. Um, and I think maybe like it always depends on where it falls on their draft board and where they're at. But um, I know that when I'm looking up guys, I can't help it by starting with guys that have 10 RAS and work my way down. I'm definitely not starting from the opposite way when it's looking for Packers draft picks. So,
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Mastermind says, Jacob, do you think Gutekinds will address the cornerback room in free agency or the safety room? Because I think we need some experienced players in the secondary. What do you think, Jacob? Think he'll you think he'll go out and spend a little bit of money on that cornerback safety room and free agency? Oh,
2: I would hope that he wouldn't, just personally, because um I think we have more than enough like first and second, and if you even want to call it uh, veteran depth with Jair there, even though we obviously traded away Razul. There's still guys that are still vets there. And I would, I would not mind taking two or three draft picks though at cornerback. I've talked about uh, mm-hmm. Certain guys like Nate Wiggins is amazing. I don't think we'll ever get him, but Ernest Rakestraw and a couple of the guys uh, that that pain kid or whatever his name is. I think that uh, the guy from Cam uh, was his name. Cam from uh, uh, Notre Dame that, that was so nice. There's a ton of guys that are there. So I would rather, yeah, yeah. I'd rather take a few stabs at those uh, type players and seeing <clears throat> if they work out because we still have Val and Val. And I think we got a lot of talent.
0: Max Melton. Oh, yeah, Max done. Melton would be great.
4: I really think that he's probably on the Packers' radar, man. He's got good size, he's got excellent speed. I could see him being on the radar for sure. Now, will they reach for him? I doubt it. But if it lines up and he's best available, that would be really cool to have Max and Bo on the same team for sure, man. That'd
2: be DJ awesome. T.J. Tampa would be good. Keenan Mitchell. There's a bunch of great guys. DJ yeah. James. DJ James is awesome. Yep. Yep. All right. So when we talk about this
4: RAS here, the two that really stick out are Jaden Reed at a 6.7. And Carl Brooks at a 5.8, right? And when you kind of when you kind of dive into okay, those are the only two players that were below seven in RAS, right? But they turned out to be two of your best rookies this year. I think some would argue <coughs> that Jaden Reed is your best wide receiver on this roster right now, right? Um so what were the signs there? Do you think? Let's look at his RAS. Here's Jaden Reed's RAS. Okay, the only thing that really brought him down was the shuttle and his size. Okay, so when you look at his size, obviously um, over there, five foot ten, uh, five foot ten, one eighty seven. Um, obviously he grades out in the threes on those two bench press thirteen grades out in the fives. Uh, vertical jump didn't have a, a good vertical jump at all. 33 and a half that, that grades him out as a 4.31. And then his broad jump at a 6.31 shuttle, like I said, was 429, which comes out to a grade of 5.28 as far as RAS. But his 40 yard dash, 445, that's a, an 8.6 uh, on the RAS score. Uh, 20 yard split, 2.5, that's 9.2 RAS. And then 10 yard split was 1.5. He's got that quick twitch, and you've seen that all. Year long, right? So um, that obviously grades him out as a nine point zero eight. So his total RAS score was a six point seven four. If he had been in the green on his sides, probably would have been in the nines. There's no doubt about it. But here's the cool thing: we had talked about this um, all season long.
1: We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And they took Jaden Reed. They traded back twice, and they ended
4: up taking Jaden Reed, and he was nowhere on my radar. <clears throat> I was so mad at myself during the draft. I'm like, how the hell did I miss this? How were they so high on this kid? And he turned out to be phenomenal, and I was off, uh, off the mark on him, right? Well, if you look at his 2022 PFF score, right, he only graded out 70.4. That's one reason why he was so low on my board, right? But if you go back to 2021, he graded as an 82.2. And that's what I was telling you guys. When I seen that grade, that, you know, to me, all of these analytics, all of these stats that we can look up, they're kind of this, it's it's just the uh, direction signs, right? It's saying, hey, look here, go to yeah. this year, watch the tape here. I went back to the 2021 tape and I was like, holy cow, this dude is a superstar. And he did most of it out of the Z. Yeah. People were saying he's just going to be slot, he's going to be slot. He can play anywhere on the field. Oh, I think
0: you, it shows that we have to look at the draft when we draft players a little bit differently. You know, like we, we always talk about the NFL. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And, and you want to look recently and you don't care about what a guy did two years ago or three years ago. It's like with college, you almost have you have to take all of that in. And you can't just look at Tate from last season. You've got to go back and look at that college career because you're going to miss gems. And clearly Goody did his homework because uh, we hit the the read and, and Wicks pick out of the park.
4: Yeah, definitely. So uh, that's we've adjusted our draft boards now. Obviously, we've got to the point where we're going to dig back a little bit deeper as far as uh, PFF grades and things like that. Now let's move on to the other one we mentioned, Carl Brooks, right? His his, uh, overall RAS score was only 5.8. So when we look at his RAS card, that 5.8, his size, um, his height was only 7.1. His weight was 6.2. His bench was 7.4. His vertical jump, which is typically a good sign of explosion, right? 26.5 was his vertical jump at a 3.01. His broad jump was a 5.6. His shuttle was absolutely horrible. <clears throat> he ran a shuttle time in five flat, and it was a 1.1. I mean, that is as poor as it comes. So his his vertical and his shuttle was absolutely horrible. His cone, 6.7. His 10-yard split, 1.7, which grades out to a 6.1. His 20-yard split, a 5.9 was his grade. Um, and then a 40-yard dash was 6.7. So, I mean, he was relatively un- unathletic all the way across the board here. There's nothing that you could say, well, he graded out good there. I mean, the closest you're going to get to it is his hot and his bench press, right? But. If you go to PFF, and I, and I love showing this stuff because there's still people out there go, oh, PFF's garbage, all right? And we talk about Puka Nakua and some of these players that had very, very high PFF grades. They turned out to be great NFL players. Carl Brooks flashed. I love hearing Mark Towser talk about Carl Brooks. He's like, this dude's going to be a beast. If anybody knows that, it's a former offensive lineman in the game. When he watches Carl Brooks, he sees someone who's going to be dominant uh, just with a little bit of time. Look at his PFF grade, Okay, He had 670 total snaps in 2022 his pff grade was 93.0 his pass rush was 92.0 his run defense was 90.3 this is why i was screaming last year i was standing on the table pounding the table saying we got to get him more more reps over Devontae white because he's better in the run game too um so once again pff just kind of laying it out there and saying hey here's here's another stud just sitting in the in the later rounds and again if we go back to the the draft class we took carl brooks with the 179th pick. So I think teams are going to start to look a little bit closer at some of these PFF grades. But what do you think, Tim, uh, as far as Carl Brooks? And and I don't think I don't think people, quote, unquote, overlooked them. There wasn't very many signs there. If you didn't have this PFF grade, we'd all be going, that came out of nowhere. But this is the one telltale sign, right?
0: I'll tell you what cool. I think. I think Jacob was right all along. I'm, I'm going to give Jacob the credit on this one because, uh, you know, he was on the radar quite early with Carl Brooks and was uh, carrying the torch for him. And, uh, you know, the proof is in the uh, PFF right now. So thanks, Jacob.
4: I remember that, too, in training camp. Matt LaFleur and the the sideline reporters, the beat reporters, are like, you can hear Matt, you can hear Coach LaFleur every single training camp practice going, all you hear him saying is, great job, Carl, great job, Carl. And, Jacob, we talked about it a lot. I remember
2: you mentioned it a lot, man. Turned out to be a stud, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have leaned pretty heavy on PFF. I kind of am using now like an aggregate between three or four different sites that we kind of talked about. Like I haven't finalized it yet, but I'm leaning a lot heavier towards uh, PFF rankings than I ever have in the past. Just because it just, especially like you said, if you look back, it's nice. You can usually see two to three years at least of their progress or if they've had regression and and what that may mean, because if you see like a random spike, you know to maybe like dive in, like, hey, what happened that year? And then you can click on it, and you're like, oh, they switched uh, OCs, or they got a, a quarterback, you know, some the number one receiver went down with an injury, or something like that. So you start digging in. It's not the perfect, you know, schematic or anything like that, but it's definitely, I think, a little more helpful than not. It just it it overlaps with too many good players, I think, for it to be completely looked away.
4: Yeah, and for people who don't have time to watch all the tape. PFF's a great starting point. Like I said, it can be a good, it can be just a, a good GPS, if you will, to to see some of these guys who have really separated themselves and go, all right, let's go, let's go see what he did really well. And then you turn on the and Bang. Okay. I see it. Right. Or it might be something like, yeah, he had a high PFF grade, but he didn't really do anything spectacular there. Right. Um, just another, another tool that we can use. Again, we don't, we don't say it's the gospel or anything, but I think it's people who are have too big of an ego to even, to even think about looking at PFF and what they do and, and all the eyeballs that they've got on the tape. I think they're they're really missing out, I do. But if we go to the 2022 RAS, just do a quick recap of that draft class. Quay Walker, 9.6. Devontae Wyatt, 9.5. Christian Watson, 9.9. Um, Sean Ryan, 8.1. Romeo Dobbs didn't have a complete score. Zach Tom, 9.5. Absolutely phenomenal there. You've seen that one coming, right? Kingsley and Igbari, when it had a low RAS, he was high on my board. The reason he was high on my board was because of PFF. Um, I was big on him when they took him. I was actually big on them taking him around earlier than they actually did. Um, Tariq Carpenter, boy, I ain't heard that name in a minute. 8.9, and then Jonathan Ford, which is obviously uh, the big boy in the middle, of the big D tackle, had huge size, right? 3.5. He hasn't really panned out. Rashid Walker, look at this, Rashid Walker, the 249th pick. And there's a good chance he's going to be our starting left tackle uh, moving forward. If Bach doesn't return, which by the way, Bach put kind of a cryptic Instagram post out that no,
0: he doesn't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> does <he? laughs>
4: Makes me think he's coming back. I think, I think Bach might be be back with the green and gold this year, man. But uh, anything stick out to you right there, guys, as far as the, uh, as far as the RAS is
0: from 2022. Terry Carpenter, like you said, man, I mean, we haven't heard that name in a while. We, we kind of ran the gamut with him tried, him, tried him at the safety position, tried him at linebacker, and then uh, tried to find him somewhere else to play football. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you can't you can't get them all. Um, and I, I hope he does well, too, because Tariq's a good dude, man. He was always uh, one of the guys that took time to speak to the fans and uh, was real approachable during camp and um type of guy you want in your locker room. So, uh, you know, hopefully he has a nice long career for sure.
4: Definitely. Jacob, you good, man? I know you – okay, you're back. Good deal, man. We were just looking at the uh, the 2022 draft class here, and the and the uh, RAS is attached to that. Anything stick out to you here, man, as far as the 2022 RAS? Is? And, again, this gives us a good parameter moving forward. It just kind of shows you how much Goody likes these high RAS guys.
2: No, I mean, and, yeah, like I said, I always start from the top bottom when I'm looking for – uh, certain prospects that was the night or the, when I first started watching Christian Watson is cause I was looking at perfect tens and it didn't take me long to find the nine, nine, six. And I was like, who's this dude? I'm like six, four, what a state. Why isn't anybody talking about him?
0: All right.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. So 2022
4: was, was just, you know, like I said, littered with uh with RAS's for sure. We go to 2021, Eric Stokes, 9.3, Josh Myers didn't have a score. Amari Rodgers, 5.3. That one didn't pan out, right? Um, it's kind of wild, too, because I think people would agree that Amari Rodgers is a similar build to Jaden Reed, right? Kind of that small, shifty, wide receiver type guy. And you see their the reason they I bet I bet if we pulled his card, his res was low because his a side, just like Jaden Reed, it just didn't pan out. I, I'm of the opinion. I don't think they gave him a fair shake playing in the slot. They tried to force him to be something he wasn't, and that was a punt returner. Um, I think if they would have him more opportunities in the slot, it might have went a little bit better, although he is out of the league right now, so that would suggest it was just a complete miss. Uh, Royce Newman, 8.7. But, Hello, uh, Newman. Yeah, he had that one solid year there. I think it was his rookie year. We were like, okay, this dude looks like he can he can hold up, and then it just went down down from there. Uh, TJ Slayton in the middle, big D tackle, 7.9. Obviously, the majority of that res is his size. Uh, Shamar Gene Charles out of Appy State, 4.2. Um, Cole Van lanon 8.4, uh, obviously not on the Appreciate roster it. anymore. Isaiah McDuffie 7.3, and then I think we got one more down there. Colin Hill 7.0. Colin Hill, they said it was an attitude thing. I, I've heard that from several people within the building that were like, nah, he was just he was pretty much a prick, is what I heard. <laughs> so that's why he's no longer on the team. But uh, anything stick out to you here, Tim? Anything you want to hit on, both?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, clearly my favorites here are Isaiah McDuffie and and Big TJ Slayton. Um, I really wanted Shamar Jean Charles to work out. I you know, I kind of saw some flashes from him, but ultimately just didn't just didn't pan out. And you know, it is, you know, it is what it is. What can you do? You know, Amari Rogers too, you know, that was one that we saw a lot of potential in. And you're right, kind of that uh you know, kind of built like Jaden Reed, you know, I guess minus the hands and <laughs> the route running and the speed it's and, all- and and the return ability. Right. Um I could go on and on, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is a great example, like, you know, of this 2021 class, who's still in the mix right now. I mean, you know, we got uh, Stokes, Myers, Newman, TJ and, and Zay, and uh, we got a couple question marks on even a couple of those guys right now. So, you know, it's, it just shows how hard it is to, to draft players, man. You know, it's, it really is an art form.
4: Definitely. And Jacob, we got 2020 Jordan love 8.4. A.J. Dillon, 9.1, Josiah Deguara, 8.4, Kamal Martin, obviously uh, no grade there, no longer on the roster, John Runyon, 8.4, Jake Hansen, 3.7, Stepaniak, uh, no grade, and then Vernon Scott, no grade. I don't even remember Vernon Scott, to be honest. (laughs) I was like, he played for us? Um, Jonathan Garvin, 8.9, you know, he hung around. That was your pet peeve for a while, wasn't it, Jake? was like, this dude can't show up to off-season workouts. Why is he still on the roster? Maybe it was at 8.9, man.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, it's another year where it looks like we're definitely going heavy with RIS. Um, this one, yeah, Kamal. I had high hopes for him. I know he had knee issues going around. Runyon. I thought he was going to be great. Even Hansen for a minute, and then Stepniak never really ever. Yeah, never came through. And then obviously we know what happened with the top three picks right now. Still on the team, but Vernon. I remember Vernon. I've had high hopes for him too. He was around for a little bit, but uh, I think he just got injured. Never
4: shook you out, on huh? Um, we got a quick video on Jordan Love that the Packers put out. It's nothing like crazy new. They just put a, a nice little bit together and, and a couple soundbots of uh, people talking about Jordan. But really excited to see what Jordan's going to do moving forward. And we got a, a cool little statistic we're going to share with you guys, too, about starting quarterback or about about rookie quarterbacks playing for teams here in a second. But let's uh let's cue up this video real quick of Jordan Love. The
2: other way, he's got him wide open. Down the right side. Must go.
3: come into the season right, and okay, what's going to so happen? In 2019. And, you know, no, um, <laughs> uh, Goody! No, I think you got to give Jordan a lot of credit, man. He's um, what he's withstood. You know, that's, as you guys know, it's not easy what he went through the last three years, and to just kind of watch him focus on his work, get better each and every
1: year. Ryan, would you like to sign him to a long-term deal this offseason?
3: Yeah, you know, I think we'll we'll, we'll go down that road. You know, I think um, certainly. I think that'll be important for our football team to have some stability there. Um, you know, Jordan and his rep- representation. I think they, you know they're really good people, so we'll start working towards that. You know, sometime this um, next couple months.
4: I love Goody just a little. You know, when when did you know? When did you think I was twenty nineteen <laughs> when I pissed off our our first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback to take him? I think I think that's when I realized, hey, this kid can play. It's just so cool to see Goody vindicated with that pick because there was many people that were
0: against him on it, obviously. Um, so you uh, got that, yeah. Ted, man. That's Ted Thompson all day. Do do the right thing, regardless of who who's upset about it. You know, even if people aren't going to like it, you got to. That's what being a GM is. You know, you got to make those tough decisions.
4: Absolutely, Jacob. I've never asked you this, man. I should know this answer. What did you think when they took Jordan Love? Were you like yes, or were you like what are we doing? What was you your know, initial?
2: I was devastated. I was, uh, I think I was on air with Ryan too. When that happened. Uh, is that right? And I think I, I was like, I, I, that was speechless. I remember I was speechless. I was just, and then I laughed like a, like the Joker.
4: (laughs) So I, I remember, you know, I wasn't with Packard at the time. I remember when they took him, I thought, I don't know anything about Jordan love, but I think this is smart because people that I trust your Pat Kerwin, your, uh, your Bill Belichick's, Michael Lombardi's, uh, shoot Bill Walsh. Everybody has said it, you know, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one, right? Um, and it sounds stupid and it's hard as fans to accept it, especially when you're coming off an NFC championship um, you know, game, uh loss there where you feel like you're so close to the Super Bowl and then you use your first round pick on a quarterback. But man, Goody again vindicated. You got to tip your cap to him. This is a really cool stat though. Last time each team started a rookie quarterback in a game. In 2023, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. Now, I won't rattle off the specifics who they are, but in 2023, ten different teams had to start a rookie quarterback in a game. Okay? In 2022, there was, what, seven teams that had to start a rookie quarterback. <clears throat> in 2021, three teams had to. In 2024, teams had to. In 2019, uh, the uh, – Denver Broncos and Detroit Lions had had two, two different teams there. 2018, the Buffalo Bills, obviously, I'm assuming that was Josh Allen. Uh, 2017 um, with Kansas City Chiefs, the L.A. Rams in 2016, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2015, and then the Seattle Seahawks in 2012 with Russell Wilson, right? So you got every team in the National Football League had to start a rookie quarterback since 2012. Every team has pretty much been covered, except for the Green Bay Packers. The last time the Green Bay Packers started Ooh. quarterback in a game was 1987. I was five years old, hanging on to the back of a, a Honda V65 Magna with old Mad Dog Bailey, blowing <laughs> snot bubbles when the <laughs> last time the Packers had to play a, uh, had a, had to start. I a
0: had play to play. take the ticker down so we could see the G there, nice and clear. <laughs> I'm you see that crazy statistic, and, and who was that quarterback? The birthday boy himself, Don Makowski. Happy birthday to the Magic Man. The Magic, magic Man. Today's his birthday, so uh, I, I think that's my fitting show, stat. Man. I need to get him on the show.
4: They said that he's one of the coolest people in the world, man. Absolutely. Yeah, when you've you seen that Kentucky waterfall, too, man, that he he was, <laughs> he was rocking back in the day. But I'll tell you what. I was hearing Gary Ellison tell some stories the other day, and they mentioned old Magic Man and them going to clubs and stuff. And he's ah, and he just kind of cut himself off. It kind of made me think, I think old – I think old Donny Donny Boy Mckowski might have been nice with the ladies back in the day. I don't know. But he definitely uh, he definitely fit that whole role there in the eighties, man with the with the mullet, the business, in the front party in the back type of thing. But that's right. Is that not a crazy stat, Jacob? 1987 was the last time the Packers started a rookie quarterback
2: in a game. Yeah, I think I sent this to you in the group chat, Clayton. Then you just ignore oh, me. Were you <laughs> the
4: one who sent it? <laughs>
2: you sent it over. I swear.
4: Swear. Let me tell you I slept 14 hours last night, bro. I don't I don't know where I'm at right now. <laughs> uh, pretty cool though, man. Pretty cool uh, the stability. That's
2: crazy. Yeah,
4: absolutely. So uh that's pretty much all we got as far as draft talk. Um I've got I've got my board updated and I've got some more stuff to get to. It's gonna be real hard to see here, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of what stage I'm at with my draft board, um, we went through basically a three-part qualifier to get the grade in the yellow right and then we did two another two-part qualifier averaged in with that yellow column to get to the orange column and basically that's where my board is at right now i'm ready for ras scores i'm ready for greg cosell input that type of thing to give bonuses there'll be no penalties moving forward so it's all going to be uh it's all going to be just bonuses from here on out, as far as RAS. The way it'll work too, if, if someone has an RAS of nine or higher, it'll be negative five, which is a good thing. The lower the number on my board, um, the lower the the lower the number in the grade, the higher the person will be on my board. As you can see, Marvin Harrison Jr. is my top prospect at two point three. Caleb Williams is at three point seven. And Then we get into the second tier where you've got what three players, which would be Joe Alt, Brock Bowers, and Drake May. And then you get into the uh, the third tier. So <laughs> that, that's kind of the stage my board's at right now. Is there any player that you guys can think of? And I'll see if I can find him on there that you go, man, I, I, I really like that player. And I can tell you kind of where he sits on my board right now. Does anybody come to mind? Jacob, Tim, anybody?
2: Uh, I really like Ray Davis yeah. from Kentucky. Oh, boy, you speak in my language.
4: Let's see if we can find Ray. He I don't know where he's to- on my
2: board. but He looks I'm like gonna- a plug-and-play running back just ready to go, man. And the guy can catch the ball with soft hands. He looks – oh, right there I see him. Does he have a Kentucky waterfall yeah, too?
4: Number 70.
2: number 70. He should,
4: he should, by God. I'll tell you this: uh, sweet baby Ray Davis, you guys want to see him go off? Watch him play Florida last year. He went off. Pull up tonight, guys. If you if you want to get hot for a running back, and, and listen, this isn't me, the Kentucky fan, trying to sell you on a running back. Okay, Damn. let's calm down. Just go watch the Florida tape, and I know Florida was booty cheeks. Again, this isn't me trying to sell you on a Kentucky player, okay? <laughs> but if you watch that game, you will see him. Just he dismantles Florida's defense. It is wild. So yeah, um, Ray Davis comes in in the number seventy spot for me. His grade is a seventy-two. Uh, obviously, lower lower the higher. So um, he's yeah still well within that top one hundred. My top one hundred list there, Jacob. And and who knows, man? If he if he has a good RAS score and if I hear Greg Osell kind of bragging on him a bit, he may be able to jump a few more tiers back up. So that's a guy that – what it what it really says to me when I look at my board, he's worthy, in my opinion, he's worthy of the 70th pick. So um, that says a lot with running backs. Now their value is going to drop because the market in the National Football League for specific positions is obviously – it's going to flow – it's going to trickle down into the draft as well, right? If If teams aren't willing to pay – you know, premium money for a certain position, they're not going to be willing to spend premium picks on that position too. at least a majority of them are. So collectively it should drop their value a touch. But uh, how do you feel about where he sits right there, Jacob? Are you okay with that?
2: Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, like you said, the running back position is real hard to judge. Um, uh, Tim, did you have one or can I ask him one other? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jacob. Just interested where a guy like Leiatu Latu falls on yours because after watching his, I, I went straight by stats and then rankings, and then I watched him on tape and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude's he's a, a, stud, bro. He's a He's a stud. An animal.
4: Yeah, he's he's in the number nine spot for me. And and for those of you asking about the color code, the greens are um, those tier one positions of importance, right? Your edge, defensive tackle, and then um, on the offensive side, it's quarterback and left tackle. Okay, the blue is tier two, which on offensive center. And on defense, it's safety and middle linebackers. So to answer your question, uh, Latu, uh, edge defender out of UCLA, is in the number nine spot. He grades down as a 14 right now. I'm going to tell you right now, if he if he competes at the combine, he's going to sure. rip the combine out of the frame. dude. So you could just about bank on him, in my opinion, just what I've seen on tape. And again, that's the whole point of the combine, is to confirm what you've seen on tape. If what you see on tape, you know, if it kind of blends into the combine and he gets a negative five there, I know what Greg Cosell is going to say about him. I've listened to Greg Cosell enough. You're looking at him dropping to a nine and then probably dropping to a four. So there's a chance that you could find him in that second tier, because I do think that those top tier guys are going to jump into the negatives. So he'll probably jump in. He'll he'll go from tier three to tier two when it's all said and done, but I'm really high on him. I think he's, you know, I mean, if you look at my board right here, um, and when I say I'm high on him, it's not that I've watched the tape and man, I really like this guy. This is the people that I trust, right? That I put all this information in. He's the top edge defender in this draft for me, Jacob. So, um,
0: yeah, Tim, you got anybody? Bud? Um, not off the top of my head. Um, got it. No. Um, anybody else? Jacob. Cooper DeGene. Just where does he fall
2: in yours? Because everybody's saying he needs. Oh, he's right there. Was that? Do I see him? Twenty nine.
4: Yeah, I'm not as big on Cooper DeJean as most people. I've got Cooper DeJean in the 29 spot. Now, he's listed as a corner. Some are saying that he could play safety. I don't know if that's the case or not. I want to point out <coughs> – excuse me. <Whew. laughs> um, I apologize, guys. Cooper DeJean's PFF grade this year was horrible he was ranked 151st if I remember correctly now in 2022 he was really good I think he was 11th best cornerback in 2022 but last year he was booty cheeks so that's why he dropped on my board significantly I think it's important man. I think it's important that that you look at it from all angles right I I still say this too and I I know it's not a it's not a popular argument if Cooper Dejean wasn't a white cornerback I don't know if he'd be As popular. I'm just being honest. (laughs) Like people are enamored at the fact that there's never white cornerbacks in the league. And I think that's another reason that kind of kind of gets a little bit of buzz around him, which cracks me up because it's the same thing with like J.J. Watt. (laughs) You you get someone like Lucas Van Ness, who's just a dominant white defensive lineman. Like, oh, man, he reminds me of J.J. Watt. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Cooper DeJean coming in 29th there for me. Do you disagree with that or do you like him a lot?
2: No, honestly. So there was a couple guys today that real quick we can brush over. I, he was one of them that I was kind of. Once I watched him, I was like, oh, okay. I thought there was gonna be a lot more flashiness, a lot more smoothness. He just he looked a little clunky. Another guy that I thought was a little bit meh after I saw him was Jalen Wright, which I was kind of surprised. He just seemed he's very like he's very quick and he's to the point, but he doesn't seem like he likes to finish runs, and he just doesn't have the type of I don't know format style physique uh running style talking about like running, close back, close running
4: back running back Jalen Wright, is that right
2: yeah yeah from Tennessee I just I find him here he Go was ahead, in, uh, Pffs I believe has him as the second overall ranked uh running back I believe NFL Buzz had him up around 13 and then I think it was like uh another site had him at five so they got him bouncing around a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah I've got him
4: at 110
2: right now I'm on, okay okay on my yeah, that's fine so, out
4: his PFF, uh, what I've got is 11th um, on the – I think he was on the – that was his ranking. I think that would have been his score, I believe. Not his score. It was probably his draft board positioning um, at the time. And then 108 was his positional ranking in 2022, so dropped significantly there. The big thing that hurt him was the uh, – I think it might have been his consensus big board out of the gate. And you'll see some of these guys, they'll catch a lot of – catch a lot of fire all of a sudden. I'm and I'm these are this is why I'm sitting back going, okay, what made you excited about him? They haven't played football in a month and a half. What happened? That's where you get into some of the politics of these some of these media members trying to pump up certain universities, in my opinion. But not saying Jalen Wright can't be good. Um, I live down here in Tennessee. I'm going to catch hate for that. I'm just <laughs> – I've got him at 110, though. So, yeah. border, borderline top 100. He, he ain't above no sweet baby Ray Davis. I promise you that.
2: You know what? Uh, is there any way that guys can talk their way into getting certain draft picks? I don't know if you saw that. Javion Cohen, you got him at 139, the guard out of Miami. He was interviewed, and he went out of his way to say how he would love to block for Jordan Love and went on to describe why and all this kind of stuff. So, it's almost oh, yeah. like you realize, oh, hey, Packers, uh, come come take a peek at me.
4: <laughs> right, right. And you know what? I've got him in the 139 spot, like you said. His PFF ranking was 364. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's a um, good strategy. <laughs> yeah, he can. You can butter us up all you want, bub. But you better learn how to block a little bit better. You won't play for the Green Bay Packers. But again, 139 is not a bad spot. So um, what it basically says is, what well, Kerrigan was 2022. His 2022 grade was way
0: way better than his 2023 grade. So on PFF, but I I found one. If we still got time. Yeah, who you got, man? Another edge, Adisa Isaac. Yep. <laughs> Let me see if I can. And, run and die real quick. <laughs>
4: man, you were dying, aren't you? <laughs> man. And I'm hurting, boys. I ain't gonna lie. And right. I, I used to get about 45 minutes with this medicine. They say it lasts four hours. That's a big crock. Up. That's a bunch of gobbledygook, as y'all say up there. I'll <laughs> um, see your edge, Adisa Isaac. I wasn't as big on him. I remember not being as big on him, but other people were. Um, let me see. It looks like he might be all the way down out of the top 100. I may not have a complete grade on him yet, either. There's a good chance of that. There he is 140. Tim, I got him in the 140 spot, and you're probably going, Why, Clayton? Why look at his PFF from 2022, 606. Yeah, 2022 PFF grade, not good. So he had one good year where he ranked you know 63rd. Okay, so you kind of look at that for me, it's Know, I'm not saying he he can't play up to the level he played at this year, but that kind of feels like a flash in the pan, you know what I mean? Put it this way if you got two edge defenders, you got to pick between those two, and you got one that graded out in the top 200 in 2022, and then you got Adiza Isaac that graded out 606 in 2020. I'm probably going with the other one, right? If you just remove the names, so um, he's one that I I see a lot of people really high on him, Tim, and I'm not, and that's where my board is going to be a lot different from others. There'll be many times that. I have to go way down on the manual board to wipe a name off. But I play yeah. it really, really safe. Like I said, my board is very boring and very safe. And that I was
0: uh, I was on the fence with him, so you've helped me uh, make my decision. And it's definitely going to be.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, you know, he, he may come out and he may test out like a freak, right? That could happen. And, and Greg Cosell may come out and watch the tape and go, man, I really like the tools he's got in the bag. That'll boost him up 10 points, right? And that would that could push him up as high as on my board. That could push him up as high as, top, you know, 130, right? But still nowhere near. Some people got him as a first-round pick. So oh, wow. You know, it's just uh, I, I look at it a little bit different. And, again, I'm not trying to predict where they're taken, although we've, we've been pretty accurate, you know, with them falling in order. Like last year's draft, if you go back and watch it, Like, by the time we got through the top 150, everybody was off my board. So it was just spot on, man. You know, uh, we did a real good job. Now, this year I expect more people to be on the board because this is the first year I went back 2022, went back two years on PFF. And that was because of the Jaden Reed pick. And I'm like, man, they're really putting some value on the previous year's tape. And it kind of felt like that with Jordan Love, too. That's what hit me. Because you guys remember the year that Jordan Love came out, if if he was able to come out the year before, they said he would have been drafted a lot higher. But he, he was coming off kind of a down year, if I remember correctly. Jordan Love turned the ball over a lot that final year. And they were talking, well, it was a different offensive coordinator, a different this, a different that. So, obvious Goody put a lot of value on his year before tape, right? Um, and same thing applies there with Jaden Reed, too. So, yeah. What else we got, fellas? Anything else y'all want to hit on? We're at the 50 minute mark. I was going to, I got a little uh, Aaron Jones video we can hit real quick. It's kind of quick, and then we can save the history again. We got plenty to talk about right now. I see you got something up there, Tim. You want me to put that on the screen, Bubba?
0: Well, I was just thinking, you know, we had, we got that old, that classic check, <laughs> you know, that, you know, like change the, the penny or whatever, put that on the, put that on that the, girl it right there. Are you kidding me? Man, that's the, the profile shot, but you know, I gotta tell you, man. I think I found a better one. Look at Bam, you. Jacob. There, oh, yeah. There's that Kentucky waterfall. That's
4: Mister Hydro Girl right there, Jacob. You're kidding me, dude? Girl, That's your Look wife. At Look at that. The blonde hair. Look at the wristband. You know he don't need that wristband either.
0: You just <laughs> all dolled up. You know what's crazy is I'm willing to bet that this dude was his barber.
2: You call me anything you want, but you don't call me that.
4: Oh my God, Tim, that looks just... Like... <laughs> it's like the same cut, don't it, Jacob? Are you seeing
2: this, bro? I mean, that before the dude let himself go.
4: Yeah. One more time, hit it look at this picture, guys, and watch watch this video. Look real close at the hair.
2: You call me, either. you want, but don't call me that.
4: So, I think we found out what Don Mikowski's doing nowadays. He's out there right. on the boat, <laughs> he's out there on the boat drinking Schaefer Light. Oh, I love it, I do too, man. All right, we got a quick video about Aaron Jones. Again, the media team pumping some of these videos out makes you think. All right, you know, Jonesy. I'm with the way the cap move. They, they'll probably still restructure his deal a bit, but I'm cool with leaving it the way he is. The value he brings to the team. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'm excited about uh, having Aaron Jones back and, and hopefully healthy this year. Because I'm telling you, man he he led the league in rushing those last three weeks of the season. Right? Um, just an absolute stud. Still got it, and just a leader of men. But here we go with Aaron Jones. He was such a difference maker uh, when he was out there this year.
0: Aaron Jones picks his way Touchdown. The,
3: end the way our offense was able to move, he changed a lot of the way we, we operated when he was in there and when he was healthy. I think for us, it's uh, finding a way to keep him out there and keep him healthy. He's such an influential leader in our locker room.
1: Five, four, three, one, two, three, back.
3: He's just really kind of the heartbeat of our team, so that's kind of the anticipation is that he'll be back
4: i want to
0: see that guy get a ring so bad
4: oh my god man you talk about something to play for this year boys Woo. seriously that and and what's cool is we we ran the numbers and i, I want to give a shout out to united Bates. you're awesome buddy thanks united me, united with the super chat thank you so much but he said no comment just appreciate y'all we appreciate you buddy and uh just sent off that autograph Jaden Reed card to uh can't remember the guy's name right off hand i've got it in the email but we just got that out. So all those autograph cards you sent in, man, we really appreciate you uh, donating those to the stream so we could give them away. And we got some other stuff we're going to be giving away here soon, but really, really, really appreciate you, Bates. You're awesome, buddy. Um, let's see here. Uh, Aaron,
0: Bates, you know, Bates
4: said he needs his hair to look like uh, like that. There you go. I think we all do, man. I couldn't pull it off. My, head, my head's too fat. So you he says have,
0: they're back in style now.
4: You got to have some vertical range with that head. You know what I'm saying? Mine, I'm more – you know, like Mandy said, I look like a tadpole, which I was telling the guys offline earlier. It was hilarious. I was laying on the couch earlier about an hour before we went live. I'm like, how am I going to get the strength to walk up those steps? <laughs> and she looked over at me and she just went, you look like crap. <laughs> That's all she said, "Like 24 years into this program. Appreciate you, baby. That's what we to <laughs> expect right there. I'll um, tell you
0: at this point, I'm just happy I have hair. <laughs> Whatever. I'm hanging on to whatever's left. <laughs> That's
4: right. I'll tell you what, man. Um, but with Aaron Jones, the thing that we want to point out, and we'll wrap this puppy up. Um, next year, he's set to be a free agent, and his fair market value sitting at like six million. So, I mean, there's a really good chance you bring him back next year too for six, seven million. You're, it's going to lower your cap cost for him. I don't think he's going to drop off like that. I really don't. I think he's got a lot of a lot of gas still in the tank. He's one of those guys that, if anything, Packer fans complain that Mike McCarthy didn't utilize him enough when he was younger, right? He hasn't been driven into the ground like a like a Derek Henry or someone like that. So, um, I think there's a really good chance that that we get him back. You know, obviously this year, but maybe maybe for the next two or three years at a really good price too. So, um, around the horn though. Anything else y'all got, Jacob? Anything else you want to hit on, bub? Before we wrap up?
2: No, I mean like you said, uh, I need Jonesy back at least if he's here one more year. I think he'll solidify. Granted, he stays healthy. He'll have all the records that I think a running back could have and then some um, for the history of Lambo. So I would just love to see that. Um, I think we just are sleeping on the fact of how awesome we could have just, like, assembled the super team of the best coaches. There's a podcast out there that Ryan did maybe two, three days ago where he goes through the Halfley um, interview, or I'm sorry, the post game or whatever you call it. uh, The presser? Presser. And then he goes through each individual um, coach and why, where they came from, and kind of ties the lineage together. And dude, like these guys are going to be a bunch of absolute psychopaths. Like just, yeah. <laughs> just getting the absolute most out of these guys. So it'll be fun to see that. And um, definitely looking forward to more draft coverage. I think if we should be uh, mock Monday, mock draft Monday. Hey, okay, we can do it. We can do it, man. Yeah, hey, man, I, I'm down for mock
4: scene Tom. I try not to beat, I get. I get two extremes, Jacob. Like some people go, I hate mocks and others are like, when are you going to do another mock draft? So I'm kind of stuck in the middle. How, like, I don't, We I don't could always it. save it.
2: We could save it for the very end of the episode. Cause if you really want to, you can crank through them in like 10, 12 minutes.
4: Yeah. But we never do though. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> we take like 40 minutes cause we're, we're trying to give, you know, well thought out process and everything. Um But yeah. We'll, uh, we can do that though, man. I, I'm, I'm okay with doing those rapid fire mocks for sure. I like to get the chat involved. That's the part that sucks because I can't see the chat when I'm running
0: it. So, you know, it
4: makes it a little bit difficult. Uh, Tim, you got anything, Bubble?
0: No, man. Just happy to be back. Uh It's good to talk ball again with you guys. Clayton, I hope you get well soon, man. Send a double shot of Woodford your way, man. <laughs> yeah.
4: I, I, I haven't been in the wood for tonight because I'm I'm a little nervous because I've I've damn near overdosed on the cough medicine. So we're uh, we're trying to we're trying to bring this thing down. We're like, we're right here. We're trying to bring in a nice little easy landing. You know what I'm saying? So
0: you just need a couple more hibernations. You'll be all right.
4: That's that's what I need, and and that's the reason I was going to say probably won't be a good morning Lambo. The goal is to sleep another ten to twelve hours tonight night, try to knock this thing out, and then we'll be back tomorrow for a. Uh, for PTA live. And we'll do one of those mocks. Like you said, Jacob, we'll have some fun with it, man. So um, just want to give a special shout out again. Thank you so much. United Bates, buddy. You're awesome. You're such a blessing to the show. We really appreciate you. Appreciate everybody in the chat. This was a lot of fun. Peter stone says, have a good night guys. We all hope you feel better soon. Clayton. Thank you so much, pal. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, crystal. All of you. What are you laughing about? Jacob? You're just <laughs> dying. Oh, Thank you. God. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's. I start off strong. I'm like I got this. And about halfway through a sentence, it just, it's done. So uh, there you go. All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all for muscling through with me. I appreciate it. I know some of y'all sounded like, uh, you know, uh, nails on a chalkboard hearing this raspy voice, but I really appreciate everybody kind of, like I said, toughing it out. So, we will see y'all tomorrow. Hope everybody has a wonderful night. Y'all have a great Monday morning tomorrow. Don't work too hard. We'll see you, like I said, definitely for PTA Live tonight. Who knows? You might wake up in the morning, though, and you might see a GML go live, so uh, we'll see how we feel in the morning. But, appreciate everybody. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play
2: in our, in our offense. <laughs> Yes, a YN, or a tight end, to open up somewhere between 6 feet and 9 feet, get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. You tell the tackle, to take the defensive end if he's over him, if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, where we're trying to get a seal here,
3: and a seal here. Gotta run this place in the alley.